Hey there. We at Blue Wire wanted to thank you for your continued support of this podcast. With over 90 podcasts across our network, we are committed to bringing you great content to fill that sport-shaped hole in your heart. To find more Blue Wire pods, search for us on iTunes or check out bluewirepods.com. And remember, one day sports will return and it will be glorious. Thanks for listening. On to the show. The Boston Celtics select Jason Tatum from Duke University. Round of the break for the Celtics. Goes around the world. Oh, the circus game in the Boston. Walker for Gray. Kemba Walker from downtown. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. Rebound. Gordon Hayward for two. Gordon Hayward with a corner crash. No block out. Welcome back to the Geno Time Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Bet Online. My name is Tom Westerholm. I am joined by Nicole Yang. Nicole, how are you doing? Pretty good, Tom. We have a virtual painting class scheduled later. Virtual painting class? Yeah, Very so nice. the Globe partnered with one of the local paint bars, and they dropped off all these painting supplies. I have an easel and a canvas and little things of paint, and then there's going to be like a Zoom lesson starting at 4. And we're just going to, like, follow along and paint a scene. I don't know what the scene is yet, so I'm looking That's forward. That's kind of exciting. Are you a painter? Can you paint? I wouldn't say I'm a painter. I used to take drawing lessons, so I have some artistic background, I guess, but paint just seems kind of, like, unwieldy to me. Yeah. We'll see. For sure. My wife is a pretty talented artist, and I never understand how that yeah. <laughs> whole, like, I, I don't see things the right way. Like, I don't think I see angles correctly. <laughs> to uh, to be that kind of painter, I am um, fighting wasps. There are a million wasps all around my house, and I am trying to avoid having myself or my two-year-old get stung. So uh, quarantine is going great over here. On the podcast world, we have actually a very a very exciting guest, Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports. It was a really good conversation. Uh, first, we're going to hear from our sponsors. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. All open 24 hours a day and all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet Online, your online wagering solution. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. We are thrilled to have with us today Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports. Keith is you know, a longtime NBA writer, really smart guy, and he wrote one of the smartest, I think, kind of speculative stories about how the NBA could get started again. For starters, when you, when you were uh, you know, thinking about how the NBA could get started again, what, what kind of made you think about Disney World? What kind of made you go down that path? Yeah, when I, when I went back, when I think back, rather, to what was going on, initially, it looked like it might only be about a two-week shutdown of the league there, and, and it, there wasn't a big idea. And then once it became clear, this isn't going to be two weeks, this is going to be a while. And you started to hear all of these things about, well, maybe they could regroup at a single site, and people started throwing out, well, there's private islands and all these crazy things. And then it was, well, what about Las Vegas? They do summer league there, and uh, Atlantic City, or maybe Nassau, and those kind of things. And I... 
started thinking about it. I worked for Disney for nearly 20 years, so I'm very familiar with the property here in Central Florida. The vast majority of my time with Disney was here in Florida. So I started to think about, well, Disney World works. They have hotels. They they can house everybody just like a place like Las Vegas. They have the basketball facilities. And uh, most importantly, they can create that crucial bubble. And I think they can do it easier than some places because it is private property and they're able to do a lot of things that you can't get away with in a city like Las Vegas. So can you walk us through the idea sort of step-by-step for anybody that's sure. figure column and for people that maybe aren't familiar with the layout of Disney World? Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with the hotels and housing. Uh, Walt Disney World property has over 20 resorts on property. Those resorts range between 300 and 3,000 hotel rooms apiece. So there is well in abundance of 20,000 hotel rooms on property. So that part's pretty well handled. They range from you know upscale resorts, deluxe resorts, to value resorts. And you could house, you know, I, I don't know how many people fully realize that the average MBA traveling party is between 50 and 80 people large, you know, and that seems kind of crazy when you think about it, but but it really is true. And, and, you know, so Disney could put the players in the more upscale resorts, or if they really wanted to confine it, you know, I think for two, three months, these guys can get through just about anything. They're used to their college days or their uh, <laughs> AAU days where you might have been, you know, two, three guys to a room and those kind of things. Um and then with the hotels piece, too, where it's become pretty clear now that the NBA has said, we're not going to split up families. Players need to be able to bring their families. Well, it's Disney, right? That's what they do. They got the resorts. They can bring in entertainment and activities in the hotels. I don't presume that the parks would be open for anybody. I don't know that the average person understands just how difficult that is to uh, make happen um, with that. So that's the, the, the hotels piece, though. You, you can get people you know, in there, give them plenty to do. You got pools. You can bring in uh, entertainment, activities, characters, all those things for the families while the players go off and do their work. And that would obviously be centered at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. If you come here on vacation at Walt Disney World, you probably have never been to the sports complex. Sports complex is huge. It's this big, massive facility. It's where the Atlanta Braves hosted spring training for a number of years. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers held their training camp there for years. The NBA Draft Combine was there before it was permanently moved to Chicago. So that was a a big one. And and there's three... um, venues there that are perfect for the NBA. They have the HP Fieldhouse, which is set up as a um, arena style, very much looks like a college arena like you would see. It's uh, pretty similar to, uh, I would think of it like Cox Pavilion at Summer League or just a, a small college arena. So it's clearly set up all broadcast ready. They host the Advocare Invitational every year, which is a major college basketball tournament over Thanksgiving week. Then there's another facility called the Visa Center, which when I think about the Visa Center, I, I've started to liken it akin to an airplane hangar. It's this big, wide-open, multi-purpose facility, and I've been in there when they've had as many as 15 courts set up at a time for the Junior NBA World Championships and the um, AAU National Championships. So they're set up for that. And then there's a newer building on the property called The Arena. It doesn't have a sponsor as of yet. Uh, maybe if the NBA goes there, they could fix that. Um, but But it was primarily built to host the cheer and dance competitions, which have gotten so big that they were forcing some of the other sports out of the other facilities. But in there, they have room to fit fit as many as three courts in there as well, if need be. And and all these facilities are completely broadcast ready. They're ready to go. So in my mind, it would be you'd have the HP Fieldhouse in the arena probably set up as your game courts because you'd need to 
imagine you'd have to have two at a time uh, going to get in what they need to get in. Then you'd have the visa center, which they could configure into any number of practice facilities and things like that. I think a lot of people are, yeah, but, you know, you need all these full courts. Each team needs to have their own space. Well, you're clearly going to have to set up a schedule. And we're all familiar with when the teams are in Las Vegas for summer league, for summer league practices and shoot-arounds, they're scattered all over the area. They're at high schools and elementary schools and private gyms. And sometimes these places only have a half court available. Sometimes it's not a full court, uh, those kind of things. So I think Disney can make that work. And then the last part, and I promise I'll let you talk on your own podcast <laughs> no, here no. in a second. Um, <laughs> but you have to be able to create the crucial bubble, right? We heard Dr. Fauci talk about that over and over again, that if you're going to do this, you need to have a bubble. And I think Disney, by virtue of being private property, as I mentioned before, can do that. Disney shuts things down on a somewhat regular basis uh, for things like their marathon and that. So they have the ability to close off streets. They can close off access points um, with relative ease. They can say, really, once you're in, you're in, uh, and nobody else gets in that doesn't need to be. And I think to get in that needs to be would be food deliveries and the like and those kind of things. And, and we're all dealing with that today's world with the grocery store and screenings and all those things. So I think that's something that Disney can do a little easier than, say, Las Vegas, where UNLV would presumably be the hub of the basketball activity, but the players would be housed on the Strip, or if they all stayed at Mandalay Bay, but it's still a, a real city. People are live there, people work there, people are in and out of there all the time, and I think that just gets a little trickier to pull off in, in a quote-unquote real city, where I think at Disney they could do that that much easier. Well, I think that's really crucial, what you said about it being a real city um, and, and how Disney, I mean, it, it is such a closed-off space, but it's also really big. Like, I didn't realize it's like 40 square miles, right? Like, yep. it's yeah, just really right. big. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, for the, reference, sorry to interrupt for reference, because yeah. I know square miles, you'd tell me 100 square miles. I'm like, okay, <laughs> is that you know, bigger than my neighborhood? I, I don't really know. That's, um, that's twice the size of Manhattan. Right. Um, so that, that gives you a little bit better sense. That helps me put it in a frame of reference. For sure. And, and when you just think about, like, all that space kind of empty, it does start to be like, okay, I mean, because Nicole will tell you I, I'm a huge skeptic of the NBA getting this thing going again. But that's the kind of space where you can think about, like, okay, people would have a little bit – they can have, like, a little bit of space for one another – but they're also still contained in a way that presumably, if, you know, if enough safeguards are put in place, that they could kind of contain things a little bit, it seems. Yeah, definitely. And, and Disney has their own private security. Presumably, it would also work with Orange County here in Florida. Things are much more dealt with on a county level from uh, police force and the like than, than cities and that. But, but Disney security in Orange County, again, this is, this is what we do here at Disney is we host massive events and thousands of thousands of people. And, and I do want to clarify one thing because I might have said this a couple times. If I ever say easy, none of this is easy. It's just I'm using that in relative terms compared to other places because none of this is easy. I mean, the selling point for me is the fact that it's a private property, so they can really create that bubble. Like, they really are able to sort of close off the players, their families, all the necessary personnel from the public. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. They they would be able to do that. One of the things that I kind of like in this, too, which is it's different in the length of time that they would be here, because you're talking about the NBA being here for a period of probably a couple months-ish, let's say, to, to, to finish things off. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I would say, though, is with that, what one of the things that Disney does, unfortunately, one of the realities of living in Central Florida is we deal with hurricanes, and we deal with them you know, on a fairly regular basis. And when we have a hurricane come through, Disney shuts down, and then everyone is confirmed 
confined to their hotels. And essentially each each hotel becomes almost its own little bubble. In that respect, you can't go out because there's a hurricane. Nobody else is coming in because there's a hurricane. Um, and that that's it. And that's one of the questions that gets raised a lot on the back end of this. And I apologize if I'm stepping on something you want to ask. How do you bring in the Disney cast members, the employees, to work? You know, are they going to be willing to do that? Well, and that's a fair question. But the way I turn that is Disney has almost 90,000 cast members who work here in Central Florida, uh, largest single-side employer in the United States of America. And close to 80,000 of those people are out of work right now. They're on furlough. Uh, many of those people would love to get back to work and would love to be back in some respect. Um, I can't tell you how many hundreds to thousands I've heard from through emails and Twitter and comments on the article in that um, just saying like, hey, I work at Disney, like I'm in. Then the next question is, but they'd have to quarantine too. They cast go and they live at the hotel too. They live at the parks. They, they stay there. They're, they're used to these kind of things. Now it's a longer term period. But a lot of times these hurricanes come when the hotels are near 100% occupancy um, and you'll end up with a ton of guests there and a ton of casts. And the Disney casts are very resourceful. And again, a lot of them are really looking to get back to work. So so I think creating the bubble is a very doable thing here. Again, not easy, but, but pretty doable. Under this scenario, would you envision all 30 teams coming or would you envision just the playoffs or a smaller group? Yeah, that's a great question. I don't have the answer to that, really. I think you could do either one. I think you could do all 30, especially if they're talking about these teams, limiting them to, uh, let's say, 50 people. I, I know that's kind of been a rough guideline that's been thrown around there. But even if you did 100, we, I know we were kind of talking about math before we started here, so I like to keep math real simple for, for my brain. But you're talking, even if all 30 teams brought 100 people each, that's 3,000 people. And then if they brought family, let's say they each brought – three family members with them or something like that, you know, you're still not even at 10,000. You're roughly at 10,000. The league, the broadcasts, all those people, it's called 10,000 people. Well, that's not that hard for Disney to uh, to handle. That's pretty easy. You know, again, those hotels, uh, some of them, you know, have as many as 3,000 hotel rooms, and some of those hotel rooms are set up to house, you know, up to eight people at a time. So so that's not a, not a problem for, for Disney uh, numbers-wise. But I think, you know, you could set this up any number of ways. From what I've heard from the league is there's a real desire to have all 30 teams play some form of the rest of the regular season, partially driven by to get to the 70 game marker to deliver on their regional TV sports contracts. Um, that's kind of the, the quota, I guess, is the best way to put that. That's kind of the magic number to hit there. But I, I've also heard they might say, you know what, let's just go with, with the teams that are in playoff contention. You know, let's take the 10 teams that are really out completely take them out of the mix and and we'll go this way. I think there's any number of ways that can be structured. Obviously, the smaller the number, if you went to just playoff teams, the easier this becomes to pull off and manage and those kind of things. And Disney will have a tipping point, too, because all uh, signs indicate they do plan to reopen at some point this summer. Um, At some level, it's probably going to be a very small phased opening, and I don't know that they want their entire property taken up by the uh, NBA, but but I I think they would be willing to for a while host a large amount of people here. And one of the things that you wrote in your column was that the NBA has a very friendly relationship with Disney, obviously through ESPN, and and maybe Disney might be a little bit more willing to play ball with the NBA just because they have had such a cozy relationship over the years that way. 
Yeah, I think I think that is a possibility. We know Bob Iger and Adam Silver. I, I don't know that I would call them friends. I, I like to think they're friends, but at least they're acquaintances and have a very much a mutual admiration for each other. I was here when they opened the NBA Experience, which is kind of a, a mini theme park at the Disney Springs area of Walt Disney World, where you can go, you can uh, you can shoot baskets. There's all kinds of lockers set up, and you know, it's just, if you're an NBA fan, it's like you're walking in like this place is cool. I, I'll spend hours here, but it's uh, dude. Those two both spoke kind of in a grand opening sense, and then when they met with the media of their mutual admiration for each other. Adam Silver goes to Disney a lot to talk about things like the fan experience. Disney is, you know, renowned for their guest experience and how they take care of people here. Bob Iger has talked about the NBA, you know, and their broadcast product and those kind of things. And those two, you know, work together. ESPN, ABC, one of the biggest broadcast partners, arguably the biggest of broadcasting games uh, of the national networks. It's, you know, two, three nights a week during the regular season and then multiple nights a week uh, in the postseason that they're broadcasting games. So I think that is is really important. I, I I think about this because I try to put everything in uh, basketball terms in my life to make it simple for me. <laughs> I think about it when there's a trade, we see people go back to the same people because there's a comfort level and you can get things done quickly um, when you have that comfort level with someone. And I think in this case, it's Disney uh, and the NBA have a great comfort level with each other. So if you're going to do something like this, it needs to probably happen somewhat quickly and you're going to go back to them and you, it makes it just that much easier to work through the details and get it done. So to me, this sounds like the most viable option out of what we've heard. It seems like a better possibility than Las Vegas. What are the hurdles that you think are still of note? Yeah, I would say your first one, which is clearly is testing. Um, you need to make sure you have enough tests there. And I think the NBA is trying to be very responsible to do that in a way where they know they can get them if they want them but they're trying not to take them away from the general public, which I think is, is not only the right decision, in my opinion, it's it's also the you know, responsible decision by them. Second is the ability to create and maintain that bubble. The reality is a lot of these guys are 19, 20 years old. They're not always the most responsible people in the world. You know, and, how, you know, and that's not just – shouldn't just pick on the 19 and 20-year-olds because some of the uh, 29 and 30-year-olds aren't real responsible there either. So you're going to have to really have a guarantee that they can stay safe because what happens if one of them goes out? Do you not let them back in? Do you then say, all right, well, one person tests positive. Does the whole thing get shut down again? Is there team removal? What does that look like? And that is a huge concern and a challenge and something that you eventually at some point you got to get past to figure that out if this is what you're going to do. So I think think you have that. And then you have that, that uh, like I briefly mentioned, is working with Disney as far as the how are we going to do this um, and still reopen the property later. What does that look like? How would we be able to do that? Again, things I think you can get past, but that's something that you got to consider as well. And then the challenge of getting everybody here to Florida and getting them almost directly to the property uh, with as little uh, trouble as possible, considering Florida is still a pretty big hot spot. Thankfully, in the central Florida area, things are a lot better, I guess is the way to put it, than they are in south Florida. They, things have um, uh, kind of leveled off a little bit for us here, so I think that makes it a little easier. Um, and you can certainly do things where they fly into the airport, the buses pick them up, and there's no contact with, with anybody, but those are things you, you've got to figure out as well. 
So, yes, Florida has deemed pro sports an essential service. I do wonder, you know, a league that is very concerned about its image, which, you know, is probably a good thing, but I'm, I'm curious if, if the NBA would have any concerns about um, sort of the optics of, of going back to work. I know they, they've talked a lot about how they, they see themselves as a, like a civic service, giving people entertainment while they're on lockdown, but I would be curious if the league would have any worries about what it would look like them going back to work, you know, and, and sort of the national mood toward that idea at this point. My sense is from talking to folks with the league, with the teams, with the players, uh, there's, there's two pieces. One is the NBA, I think, is very proud of the fact that they led the way into the shutdown of sports. I think they're very proud of the fact that, hey, we did this one we knew it wasn't going to be a popular thing, and we feel like we absolutely made the right decision and did the right thing. The NBA, I think, as far as the major team sports goes, wouldn't mind being the ones to lead back if they can do so and kind of set the model for this is how you do it in a safe, responsible manner. But what's cool to me is my second point on that is everyone I have talked to, whether it be players, teams, agents, folks from the league themselves, they're all united in this desire to finish the season. Now, those motivations are coming from all over the place. Some of them are, our team was really good, and I want to win. And a lot of them are, I need my money. You know, some of the guys who are, you know, they're lower-end roster players. This may be their one year in the league, and it's, I don't want to give up, you know, 25% of my, my checks that are come due and those kind of things. So I think that is really important to kind of factor in as well there, too, is everybody looks at a guy like LeBron James, and when he says, I want to play, and they're like, dude, you have hundreds of millions. What do you need to play for? Well, he clearly he has a chance at winning a title, so that's part of it. But he also has always felt a responsibility to the guys at the lower end of the the league who aren't making, you know, they're not making, you know, millions of dollars. And I think he feels that responsibility to them as well of, you know, hey, part of what we do here is take care of everybody. And I think that's part of it. So that part has been pretty cool to see. Now, there's concerns, of course, and those concerns are all over the board on those things. But it has been really interesting because it's not often do we get all parties involved really kind of on the same page as far as we want to get back and finish that. That's pretty rare. In your personal opinion, do you think the league is going to return? And if so, in what capacity? Yeah, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said probably not. You know, and now I feel more optimistic than I did. I, I think we're going to see them come back with some form of uh, shortened regular season. I don't know that it'll be all 30 teams. I think it may only be those teams that are in playoff contention and give it a sense of we can kind of give those teams their shot to get into the playoffs. Everybody who's already kind of in the playoffs, they can treat it almost more like preseason if they want to and just kind of tune-ups and, and get ready. And, and then off we go and we have the playoffs, I think. Uh, the NBA has been very consistent from the beginning on this, and I think they, they continue to believe that. They do not want you to pull up the NBA record book, and next to 2020 there's a blank for the championship. Um, one of the things that, that was said to me directly by someone in the league was, we don't want to be Major League Baseball or the NHL and have a blank on our record book and not have that there. And now they couch that with we feel better if we have to because of what it is. It was of nothing of our own doing, um, but we don't want that. We, we want to be able to crown a champion. They were also really into the fact that this season was a little more unpredictable. There was no surefire, this is it, this is the team that's going to win the title. There's no Warriors kind of hanging over this whole thing, and I do wonder if there might be a little bit of a different attitude, but it was a very long way of me saying I do think there's going to be something just because I think the motivation and the momentum is there to try and make something happen. After your story came out, it was 
pretty quickly thereafter that we started seeing, uh, you know, some reports leak out that the NBA was examining uh, Disney World. I was curious if anybody reached, you know, from the league office reached out to you after you wrote that story and just said, like, hey, I liked that idea. You know, now we're thinking about it. Yeah, it was very funny. When it posted that morning, I had um, a handful of more people from teams initially reach out and like, hey, that's pretty cool. Like, like I more than then immediately let into cool idea. Here's you know 50 questions because I don't know anything <laughs> about you know Disney World is this and that. And then a handful of players. And then later in that same day, we had. Um, uh, me and then the team over at Yahoo had some folks from the league reach out, but it was very um, on the level, I guess, for very fence riding, and it was just thank you for a very thorough and thoughtful idea. We really appreciate it. There was no um, we're doing this. There's there's no that. Since then, I have heard from a handful of people who have asked a couple more clarifying questions, and then um, from then a couple times with you know, hey, who would be a good contact and those kind of things more on the ground here in Florida uh, with, with the life. But, yeah, so that's been, been kind of a different different experience because these are people I have a fairly decent relationship with anyway, and these are very different conversations than what we're usually talking about. You know, sometimes we have, like, good ideas and we write about them and it just kind of goes out into the ether. Sure. This, this one's actually kind of it, – it's growing some roots a little bit. Yeah, it's been fun. And, and I think, you know, one of the things, too, is – it was not – I think I was the first one to put all – almost all of the pieces together sure. in one place about why. I know Disney, again, they did junior NBA world championships are here at ESPN Bar Borla Sports Complex every year now. So they're very familiar um, with the property and have that pre-existing relationship on that extent there. So I'm not, I'm not going to say Disney didn't even know this place – or the NBA didn't know this place existed. And this is <laughs> – you know, I, I you know, opened their eyes to all of it, but I think – I think it was more of the idea of let's put it all down in one place and put it together. And it was um, it was it was interesting because it was one of those things where it was kind of percolating in my brain. And you both know sometimes you go to your editor and you're like, hey, I have this really cool idea. And then why they're good at their jobs is like, yeah, you need about 4,000 more details before we could just you know, do a bullet pointed list of here's a cool thing. You know, so it was go back. And then I went back to some of my Disney contacts and said, hey, fact check me on a couple of these things. I want to make sure I'm, I'm still thinking the way it is. Now, I, this is just as an aside. I had not been gone from Disney very long. Um, I left Disney full time. Um, I been doing the basketball stuff really as a second full-time job on the side um, with my Disney job, and, and I left Disney exactly three weeks before the NBA shut down uh, the season to cover the league full-time, so my, my timing is impeccable, um, <laughs> so if you're looking for someone to blame, you can blame me on this whole thing, um, but it was... Uh, so it wasn't hard for me to get back in touch with my Disney friends. It was, you know, uh, I've been talking to all of them anyway. And then I said, hey, help me think through a couple of these ideas. And we went through it. And then uh, I just kind of to, to build it out, build it out, flesh it out, the idea, put it together. And then we said, you know what, let's run it. Because if nothing else, we're all looking for content right now. And this might just be something fun that's out there. And, and I think it hit at a point, too, where people were looking for anything that was optimistic about how can we get sports back because, uh, you know, about two, three weeks ago when the piece originally ran, it wasn't looking so good. It wasn't looking so hot. So that part um, was a lot of fun too. So, yeah, it's been, it's been wild. And when Shams picked it up and then tweeted, you know, that it was seriously under consideration, that whole whole uh, experience from there was just wild. It wasn't anything like I've had, you know, in my time covering the league. Awesome, man. Well, everybody – 
Make sure you follow Keith Smith on Twitter, uh, at KeithSmithNBA. And uh, if you're hearing this, this will, this will come out on Thursday, so it'll be the day after. But you can uh, you can wish his daughter a happy belated uh, 10th birthday. So make oh, sure you man. do that as well. Um, I appreciate that so much, man. She's uh, she's she's going through the whole spectrum like everybody. You know, she she yep. she was the she was the trooper of the family for for days and days and weeks and weeks and and uh, about a week or so ago, she she broke a little. She misses her soccer team a lot. She they're they're doing these um Zoom meetings for soccer training, and she's doing it out in the yard and stuff but she she's like I want to play against somebody and she actually said she's like like I want to knock somebody down and have them knock me down and you know which is maybe I should get her in the you know the football instead of soccer I don't know but but she's uh you know she's she's struggling and her birthday's t- tomorrow uh Wednesday is we're recording this on a Tuesday and she um you know she's she's struggling so I, I put that message out on Twitter they're trying to hopefully to lift her spirits a little and so far it seems to be working so pretty excited Definitely. Well, you know, wish her happy birthday from two random uh, <laughs> random people on a random internet podcast. We'll we will appreciate uh, it. <laughs> well, we appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming on, and we will talk to you sometime soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You guys stay safe. You too.